Tick-tock, tick-tock. Stop clock watching and put that curious mind to better use. ThoughtWorks is hiring for roles across the U.S. to help ignite the endless possibilities of tech. From senior and lead developers to data engineers, infrastructure consultants, and more. They're looking for talented technologists to join them in revolutionizing the tech industry. Make your mark. Learn more at ThoughtWorks.com careers. ToplessRobot.com presents... Dude, Luke, the printer's still busted, man. What the fuck? everybody welcome to episode 98 of the topless robot podcast my name is ryan i'm tyler i'm brooks i'm dan and uh, it's been a week of uh, nothing um not not a ton of news uh this past week uh except uh we have another celebrity death to mourn wilford brimley poster child for diabetes and uh in in the movie cocoon uh is uh has passed away so. He was also a mainstay of Walker, Texas Ranger, and he was also in the adventure uh, in Remo Williams. The adventure begins, uh, and all those great YouTube poops. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I just want to point out saying someone died and the label uh, "poster child for diabetes" uh, could give us some false reasoning as to why he died. <laughs> yeah, as far, as far as I understand, I don't think he died from the beatus. No, I'm just saying if you you could give people uh, unrealistic expectations of how he died. But he, <laughs> that, yeah, that's Liberty, uh, Liberty Medical ad money carried his, carried his body. <laughs> he was just really old. My name is Wolfer Brimley, and I have diabetes. If you or your loved one have diabetes. Please talk to me. I am lonely and I have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to create a community here. <laughs> so rest in peace. Already... Well, our, first, our first annual Diabetes Awareness Parade or or uh, uh, Diabetes Pride, if you want to call it that. Pride of Beaties. <laughs> <laughs> Diabetes. Uh, <laughs> there's an there's an episode title. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Rest in peace, Wilford Brimley. We're not. <laughs> we were not this disrespectful to you. I swear. Uh, <laughs> you can't hear us now, Tyler. He was eighty-five years old. Do you think Wilford Bramley would have chosen di- the diabetes thing as his death tone? Diabetes, <laughs> diabetes, diabetes. Just on repeat. Like, Wilford Bramley's soul is set, lies safely in Stovacore with the rest of the Klingons. Yeah. <laughs> Aside from that, um, PlayStation has shared some uh, weird statistics about Ghost of Tsushima. Have you guys seen this? Yeah. I saw that it was the. I didn't see all of them. But I, I did see that it was the fastest uh, selling. 
Oh, no, no, no. This has, has nothing to do with um, the sales of Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, uh, no, I've, I've tried to avoid as much as I can because I want to play it. And I, so far, there have been 8.8 .8 million foxes pet. All right. You can pet the dog. Good to know. Uh, 156.4 million standoffs initiated. 57.5 million duels initiated. 139.4 million enemies have collapsed in fear. 810.3 years have been spent on horseback. 16.2 million hot springs have been visited. 14.2 million haikus composed. 28.1 million flute songs have been played. 17.1 million bamboo Boo strikes completed, 37.5 million Inari shrines honored, and 15.5 million photos taken. All of those, except for the photos, are, are actually important to the game, so I, I get that. <laughs> the photos one is just, just throw that out. Nobody gives a shit about mm. that. I did see that photo mode. It's pretty fucking sick. Like, it, the most... It's our the most like in-depth photo mode in a video game I have ever seen. You can change the the weather. You can change oh, cool. the uh, you can change the time of day to anything you want. You can uh, you can change like the filter on the camera. You can add uh, like fire like uh, firefly effects or like petals uh, coming down and, and increase the rate of of those and. And you seem to know a lot for a guy who doesn't want to play the game yet or have it spoiled. <laughs> it's I mean, you're kind of hard to avoid. I I figured that I figured that the uh, the the photo mode wasn't going to spoil anything for me. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Depends on what people yeah, are taking pictures of. It, it's it is pretty crazy though, because like I can choose the intensity of like how the wind works in the game. Um, I can choose the specific kinds of particles and their density in the air. Huh. So, like, I can I can choose between different colored leaves and like different flower blossoms and snow and rain. And I haven't found any shit posty weird things yet, but I assume that they're coming. As well. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to checking that game out. I've still been playing uh, Paper Mario and uh, Metroid Zero Mission. Um. And that's pretty much it. I mean, I've just been hearing more and more good things about the new Paper Mario. Like, I've been loving it, um, though. It looks good. Um, the one thing that kind of got sprung on me that is when I decided I'm just going to set this aside. Um, so some of the, the puzzles in the battles can get a little difficult. Um, you do sort of get used to it and you get used to certain patterns and you know what you, what patterns you want the enemies to be in. So, it, you know, it, it, they range from incredibly simplistic to what the fuck am I even doing here? Um, and it's not like, I don't know, you, you, you're not like going to go into an area and like, okay, this is where all the hard puzzles are going to be. It's just sometimes you're going to get a really fucking difficult puzzle for whatever reason. Sometimes you're going to get really, really simple ones. And the moment that I was like, okay, fuck you, was um, my first uh, boo encounter. So when you're fighting boos in uh, uh, Paper Mario... They show up for a brief moment and then they disappear and you have to remember what tiles they're on in the battlefield. 
in order to arrange them to get them in the oh. optimal positioning. So like that. that wasn't explained to me. I just ended up in this encounter and they went away and it's like, okay, go for it. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to set that aside for a little bit. I'm really bad at those kind of games. <laughs> yeah, up the difficulty you, level significantly. What were you going to say, Dan? I feel like I cut you off. <laughs> it's just like, uh, that's just one of those things that's kind of strange to me. Like, okay, I'm just going to stop playing now. <laughs> it's like, Dan's I'm, I'm the opposite. It's like, where are these motherfuckers at? I'm going to find them. Dan's more of the uh, opinion that you have to slam your head against a wall until you get through the wall. See, for me, it was I am. That is the Mega Man way. I am going to reload my save and initiate this this uh, battle, knowing what I, that I should be paying attention to where they are. Yeah, yeah. Because that, like, if it had been explained beforehand and I knew going in, then that's entirely on me. But going into that encounter and then they just disappear, you're it, like, I'm not going to uh, offhandedly remember where each of those boos were uh, unless I knew that I should be paying attention to that. Can you run away? You can, but it's uh, not always successful. And if you fail, just like in any RPG, that means that's your turn used and you get attacked. Okay. I'd just run away. We're yeah. all sitting here like, man, Ryan's dumb. We could have done it this way. <laughs> I feel like this is the thought that's going through all of our heads. Like, how would we have approached this situation <laughs> that would have been better than Ryan? <laughs> just kidding. Love you, Ryan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, whatever, man. I play games the way I play games. That you know, The way you guys play games doesn't impact the way I play games. Yes, it is amazing that uh, when uh, many people are correct, one person chooses to stand alone. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh man! I've also been playing. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna. I was gonna go off on a tangent about idiots that don't wear their masks at their fucking grocery store. (laughs) But that's important right now. Uh, I've also been playing uh, more Neon Abyss. Uh, I actually started a new Let's Play series for the channel so we can push out uh, more stuff uh, than just uh, the podcast. Uh, And it's called Going Rogue. And it's uh, nothing but roguelikes. Uh, All roguelikes, roguelites. Um, And uh, so uh, the first game that I'm uh, playing through is Neon Abyss, uh, which is a roguelite. And uh, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. There's uh, the first episode is available on the YouTube channel. Uh, Second episode is coming out this week. And how? Uh, we should make that make since it's called Going Rogue. You should also be adding. We should also be adding uh, different variations of going rogue when you're playing the video like don't wear pants like kind of rallying against uh, society's (laughs) necessity for pants and different things like that so then you're always going rogue you're not just playing roguelite so you're also going going rogue. are you are you going to play rogue uh no (laughs) (laughs) but again once again going against the grain (laughs) yeah playing the roguelite (laughs) yeah the roguelite 
No, no, uh, I, I don't believe I will be doing that. Smart <laughs> idea. Are you are you putting that out uh, on a particular day so I, I can remember to share that? I think I posted uh, the last episode on Wednesday, so I think I'll uh, probably stick to Wednesdays for that. Cool. I'll keep my eyes out for it, and you, you viewers should also do that. Because, we're so much uh, better. We're so much better than other media uh, sites and whatnot. None of us know what the other one's doing. And we just do <laughs> <laughs> the what? standard of professionalism. I You think Wolf Blitzer just like shows up and he's like, "Hey, I filmed a bunch of shit. Here you go." <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anderson Cooper gets randomly throwing shit together whenever he wants. <laughs> On Anderson Cooper 360, I attempt the world's first newsworthy 720. <laughs> uh it's uh, uh he he's constantly battling with uh, Tony Hawk for the world's first news 900. <laughs> I hope that Anderson Cooper is a, is an unlockable skater in the, in the, the, the new Tony Hawk. <laughs> Man, when are we supposed to be it. getting the fucking? Um, uh, so I pre-ordered it on uh, Epic Game Store, and we're supposed to be getting the uh, like. Actually, I think it's supposed to be this month because uh, it's August now, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, apparently, um, I think. This month, we're supposed to be getting uh, people who pre-ordered it are going to get early access to the first level, the hangar level, yeah, in the Tony Hawk Remaster. So I'll have to do. uh, I'll have to do a video on that because I am super looking forward to that. That's going to be fucking awesome. God, I've got so many good memories of the hangar level. I love that level. It's one of the best levels of all video game skating history. Do you think there's there's going to be a little thing that comes up explaining what secret tapes are to children? <laughs> this is a VHS cassette. Brooks, I don't think many children are going to be buying this game. Yeah. They are not the target audience. Probably not. <laughs> it's only for us old heads. Plus, they've probably updated it, updated it to secret uh, Bluetooth d- DVDs. Bluetooth <laughs> DVDs. Blu-ray. Blu-ray Bluetooth is what I meant. DVDs. I think we have a new. I think we have a new contender for the title of this episode. Bluetooth no. DVDs. No. It will live on forever as the title of this episode. <laughs> I'm emblazoned in the airways, Tyler. Bluetooth. DVDs. Gonna go play wow, my Bluetooth Tyler. DVD on my uh, Nintendo. <laughs> How does it feel uh, going from absolutely successful today to just instant and hilarious <laughs> failure? I think that's, I like, like, that's the hardest you've failed as long as I've known you. I feel right? like that. I feel like that Matt Damon gif that he just like instantly grows old. <laughs> Because I saw, I heard, I opened my mouth and I heard my dad speaking, right? <laughs> uh, put in one of those Bluetooth DVDs. <sighs> I'm just gonna. Put in, put in, put in one of those RF Betamaxes. Uh, <laughs> I've never felt ashamed by something that I've I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure he'll, he'll let you use it. <laughs> What's mini disc? 
Oh, I don't even know what a mini disc is. Is that like a is that like a like a Walkman? No joke. <laughs> I want to get a, a mini disc MP3 player really bad because the technology was super neat. And I know we've moved well beyond the need for um, moving parts in our portable uh, stuff. But man, there's now just you something. Yeah, right. Well, actually, no, because uh, the PSP games, uh, those were DVDs. Oh. Because they had a capacity of 1.8 gigabytes. Um, so, Just like those Bluetooth DVDs or whatever that Tyler was talking about. <laughs> I've never felt so ashamed of something that I've said, and that that's saying something. <laughs> Truly. Tyler believes the pinnacle of technology peaked in... The early 90s with the clapper. The pinnacle peaked? <laughs> pinnacle peak. The pinnacle peak. Uh, so um, there is a new handheld coming out um, from a company called Analog. Uh, and it's expected to be out uh, next year. Uh, they, is it that game one looking guy? It is the Analog yeah. Pocket. It is a gorgeous looking handheld mm-hmm. um and like hd plays game boy game, boy game. <laughs> so it's got a cartridge slot on it it's not emulation it's got a cartridge slot on it and it reads uh game boy game boy advance and game boy color games and then they have adapters for it that allow it to also read game gear neo geo uh pocket color and atari Lynx games and oh, wow. the screen is a 3.5 inch uh, LCD with a 1600 by 1440 resolution. So incredible, like super high resolution. Uh, and it has, uh, the display is Gorilla Glass. Like it looks just gorgeous. And it comes uh, loaded with Nanoloop, um, a uh, composing software, music composing software on it. And they make cables for it that allow you to connect it to your audio equipment. Uh, so it's uh, it can be used by chiptune artists and things like that in their live setups. Oh, okay. I, I like that because the the one the one thing that you know would prohibit someone like me from buying something like that was just I don't like it. It's a super Game Boy in in the sense that it, it's just a handheld. Mm-hmm. But I think. Added like what is it like a DAW feature or something like that? I, uh, it's I kind of it, so uh, I I don't know how Nano Loop works, but I know that like LSDJ is a tracker, um, mm-hmm. and so Nano Loop might be a tracker uh, as well. But I mean, it basically gives you access to the chip and and stuff like that, the the MIDI chip. Um, and uh, yeah, it it just seems seriously fucking cool. Um, there's a dock that's available for it that gives you HDMI out and uh, two USB ports and has Bluetooth on it. So you can use 8-bit dough controllers uh, and connected to this Game Boy, play it on your TV screen as well. Damn. Seems pretty it looks pretty cool. It's What's $199. The, uh, it's a little bit pricey. Yeah, it goes on pre-order tomorrow for $200. That's pretty pricey. Yeah, $199, I mean... I, that price would be reasonable if I was using that uh, as a musical tool, for sure. As a Game Boy, I'd probably want to want that to be like half of that for me to be able to to truly. Well, maybe like one fifty. I, I don't know. 
I, I just I don't think like one, one thirty or something. Yeah. I think it really comes down to how well it plays these games, uh, and mm. it looks like it plays them just perfectly. Uh, it's got a little micro SD slot as well, but it, apparently it's not for playing ROMs uh, because it doesn't have an emulator. Uh, it's playing all these games natively. So um, I imagine it'll probably end up being hacked so you can load ROMs onto it, greatly increasing its value. Um, yeah, you just buy like an R4 or like a, like an, uh, an EverDrive or something like that for it. Which those already exist anyways. Right, but I so they say specifically um uh, the number of games that it's compatible with. Uh which uh, leads me to believe that it might not work with every single type of Game Boy cart that's put into it. That's hmm. a little Is that like a See, like a weird region lock thing, is there? No. Uh, Seems like it's a little niche. It looks cool, though. It does look cool. I am going to pre-order it because it it just looks absolutely gorgeous. Um, it does look gorgeous. And I know that once, you know, with something like this, you can even see their other products because the other things that they have done are um, the uh, Mega SG, which is a Sega Mega Drive uh, thing, and the Super NT, which is Super Nintendo. And both, so the Super Nintendo is sold out on their website. Um, and every variation of that Super Nintendo is sold out. Uh, so it leads me to believe that, you know, since they're not like a big company, they're not going to be producing these in large quantities. So if it, if you're not going to pre-order something like this, you're probably not going to get it. Yeah, that's fair. It looks cool, though. I'll play it, it when, when I come and see you. <laughs> yeah. Remember when we saw, uh, we, we talked about this, I think like a year ago. There was like uh, another little handheld dude. That the had little like hand cranky boy? Yeah. Boy. I don't know what happened with this. No, it is not the soldier boy. <laughs> <laughs> we say it three times, we bring it back from. Yeah, that. right. So Christ. Let's, let's stop there. We are, we're at two. We cannot say it the third time. <laughs> Ah, fuck. Uh, Ireland. (laughs) The play date. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Did that ever get. Yeah, I think so. I was just. I think I was thinking about that yesterday because I saw um, an ad for that. um, What's the official name of the cool Game Boy we were just talking about? Uh, The Analog Pocket. The analog pocket, yeah. Yeah, well, I saw that and I was just like, wow, that looks like a nicer version. There's no crank on this. Yeah, right. <laughs> so this says... I don't says, know why they thought that would be a good idea. <laughs> so the play date was $150. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this says it will ship in 2020. So I wonder if the play date encountered delays due to COVID. I would not be surprised. Yeah, there hasn't been any news since January of 2020. But, I mean, people have posted hands-on stuff um, towards the end, about a year ago, actually. Engadget has a hands-on from August of last year. Uh, Game Explain has one uh, from September of last year. But yeah, it I looks like there hasn't been any 
news with regard to that. I have a feeling they probably went under. Oh, no, I don't know. Uh, So here's a post from June 3rd of this year that says, watch Doom running on the playdate, a handheld with with a crank controller. Of course it had to be Doom. Of course it did. Yeah. Skyrim was busy and wouldn't answer their calls. (laughs) Doom is the original Skyrim, thanks. It's true. Um, So apparently, like, this must have made its way into people's hands. All I'm saying is that it's going to ship in 2020. There's no... No date. I bet select select people or backers got it early. Probably. Um, The the dude who ported Doom to it set it so the uh, crank fires the chain gun. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's kind of grave. If it, it had like motions, the bus stop, just like yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it had motion controls and you could sit there and like <laughs> and tilt to fire, that'd be kind of sick. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, so uh, I, I wouldn't at all be surprised if it was delayed. I, I mean, I've been waiting for two quarter inch cables to ship to me for three months now. So <laughs> good lord. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it says it. It looks like they shipped out developer uh systems in december uh, that makes sense. that's probably it then yeah yeah every, everything's getting delayed because so this, this bed I, I got a new bed this week i've been trying to order a bed for like the last two weeks and the the date kept get kept getting pushed back and i've had to get into so many like chat fights with fucking amazon <laughs> just trying to get a new frame Sounds yeah, like I hate it. I um, I ordered the uh, new razor. Um, uh, oh yeah, the uh, controller for phone, like where your phone fits in and it it, it squeezes, you know, uh, the controls oh, onto yeah. either side. What the fuck is that yeah, called? I can't remember what the hell that's called. Uh, it, it had a cool orange logo, right? It's like Moga. Uh, the Kishi. It's called oh, the Kishi. Okay. And Not so it, it basically turns my phone into like a switch style thing because I have all the streaming services I can play, you know, uh, through uh, NVIDIA GeForce Now or yeah, GeForce Now. Uh, I have Steam Link on it and I have Stadia and uh, xCloud. I figured that would be like, I don't like the claws that hold the phone onto the controller. That's not a great mm-hmm. experience to me. Um, but I'm so used to the switch that I think, especially with, you know, my note 10 plus, um, that it would look pretty good, you know, uh, and feel better that way. So going to give that a try, but that is coming from China and we'll see China, 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 China. Sorry, I need to make my hand smaller for that. China. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah. Do you, we, do you think if we name this episode China, it'll get banned by Trump too? <laughs> no, name it Ireland. For, if, if <laughs> Bluetooth DVD. Um, the uh, and then the English will show up and steal our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, 
but yeah, I, I ordered the controller on uh, Walmart, uh, Walmart.com, and it's on like Walmart? Uh, the <laughs> delivery date on it said August 11th. I'm like, that doesn't seem right. That that's weird. And then I got the tracking number, and it's like coming from Razer in China. Yeah, well, I, I got that from the manufacturer. Straight from the yeah, source. that is pretty cool. But I mean. We'll see if it actually gets here by August 11th. I ordered those uh, those Kirby, um, like the Kirby pancake thing, like those little figurines that was a, it was oh, like a Kirby, yeah, yeah. Kirby mystery box from. Oh, OK, sure, sure. And uh, I ordered that like in January or whenever it first was announced, uh, um, and it's was supposed to ship in June. And now it's saying that it was shipped in August, but I don't know if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been sitting here waiting for my fucking Kirby pancake goddamn little figurines that I thought looked really cool for like six months now. <laughs> uh, about a year ago, I pre-ordered a uh, figure. Um, so this company, this fi- uh, figure company, Super 7, has started doing mm-hmm. these uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ultimate series, and each series is four figures. What sucks is they're like a boutique uh, figure manufacturer. They do the reaction figures, so the yeah. you know, figures that are really stiff and and like are like the old style figure. Are those Kenner Star Wars guys, but yeah, yeah, but the Ultimates are supposed to be more articulation, more greater detail, and things like that. So the points of articulation. Their first wave of uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles ones included Baxter Stockman, and I don't have a Baxter Stockman, um, but yeah. uh, so I pre-ordered just the Baxter Stockman uh, instead of going all in because I wanted to test the quality of the Baxter Stockman before I tried to get anything else because I've never bought a Super Seven figure. Um, mm-hmm. Since then, that was a year ago. They have held pre-orders for. A wave two and a wave three, both of which I missed out on because I still haven't gotten my Baxter Stockman uh, and didn't feel comfortable ordering it, not knowing what kind of quality they're going for. Uh, My Baxter Stockman arrives tomorrow, but I miss out on the other three figures in wave one, all four figures of wave two and all four figures of wave three. Well, that's just well. Yeah. Well, send us send us pictures of the back. I, I, I am interested in the Baxter Stockman, particularly yeah. because I like Baxter Stockman. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, the mouses are cool. Mm-hmm. So, um, hmm. did you guys hear about this uh, new tank uh, that Israel has made? No, I haven't. Let's, is it gonna let's... is it gonna look like the the neo tanks from Advanced Wars? I don't know why my brain went there first, but I want it. <laughs> no, um, you drive it with an Xbox controller. Oh yeah. Oh, I I, I saw that the the thing. With, you know, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting to note. Um, so the uh, helms the the helm control in. U.S. Navy submarines, particularly, mm. those have been Xbox uh, 360 controllers for years. Are you serious? They just, yeah, they just found that like 
typically the, the people that are coming in and that you're training on these things already have the experience with using a controller like that. Something just about that just feels so gross. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Thompson has entered the chat. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I, uh, I like I, I like that because it was a it was an inexpensive solution to a a more expensive problem because they were trying to. Uh, I think the whole thing came about because they were building something that was functioning kind of like that, but was expensive to replace. And some engineer was just like, "Dude, let's just throw an Xbox controller on it. This, they're only like you know forty bucks." So. Yeah. Guarantee you when uh when uh the military started trying to purchase those in bulk that the the stock the, the price for those Xbox controllers went up by two hundred percent. Yeah, right. <laughs> Mad, Mad cats could have been saved by by the military, that's all I'm saying. Okay, <laughs> no. yeah, I guess uh oh okay. So um little younger cousins everywhere would it, have been <laughs> would have rejoiced. It says <laughs> Uh, In this article here, it says, This is not the first time video games and war machines have intersected, nor is this the first time a gaming device has been used to control a vehicle of war. In 2018, the U.S. Navy's USS Colorado submarine went into service equipped with an Xbox controller to operate its periscope. In 2014, Xbox controllers were used to control Boeing's high-energy laser mobile demonstrator in a test for the U.S. military. And in 2008, a team of military and private industry engineers announced their attempts to use Nintendo Wii controllers with bomb disposal robots. I just wonder if, like, there were, like, times when they were testing this, (laughs) they fucked up because the sensitivity was too high. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Or, or or like, with the Wiimotes, like, ah, fuck, we lost connection with the sensor bar. Open, open. (laughs) Open the settings. I got to change the uh, the FOV. It's it's making me sick. Which one of these buttons is melee with the laser? <laughs> <laughs> one of the controllers. One of the, one of the dudes got super pissed and threw his <laughs> threw his uh, Wiimote through uh, through the radar. <laughs> God damn it! This is the worst. <laughs> if this headline is to be believed, uh, they they also have an AI honed by StarCraft Two and Doom. That doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Well, uh, just I'm trying to think of the words. Gross. I don't know, man. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's cool, but it makes sense, you know, considering like just how much sure. your average 18 year old has used a controller of some kind their whole lives. They just know how to do things with it. So it's, it's a lot easier to just reprogram that than. Yeah. I mean, I suppose I can definitely see that, but it just doesn't yeah. feel right. My argument yeah. is, that it's like I, I always have been of the mind that, and I think that science is also on our side in this, that, you know, video games don't cause violence because it's more of a, like, it's, it's, a, it's a way to escape. It's a way to get away from things. And there have been plenty of studies that show that playing first-person shooters and, and playing games, playing their violent video games do not cause violence because there's that separator there's a difference but the moment you start adding a controller to real live warfare like what what kind of psychological yeah like what's going on there and that's a little weird so i'm less concerned with the um bringing some like essentially what 
that does is you've now made this thing a uh, tool of war and it's in the home. But I'm less concerned about that element and more concerned about the detachment in using something that you have associated your entire life with leisure to war. Yeah, it so, goes both ways. When you've got this control in your hand, you're playing a game. You know, your brain goes to that space. That's that's what you 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 know equate that that activity with. And I think that uh, putting these in war machines takes away the seriousness of what you're doing and puts you into that. This is just a game mentality and, uh, you know, making you feel less remorse for death, making you, you know, like it's, it's going to, and maybe I'm totally off base here. Maybe I'm just as batshit as, you know, uh, people who think that violent video games cause real world violence, uh, and, and drawing that connection. But to me, that tactile feedback, you're taking something that is, Especially, can you imagine if they have rumble activated in those? <laughs> Sound effects coming through the, the fucking speaker on the... <laughs> yeah. Like the PlayStation 4. When you shoot, like... When you're shooting, there's like a, a LED light display on it, too. So. <laughs> Anytime you press F to pay your respects, you hear, you hear the national anthem come through. <laughs> this is awful (laughs) no yeah i I mean i i I see what you're saying here's a deep cut for you uh press x and the tank just yells out ethan (laughs) Ethan! (laughs) (laughs) fuck that i feel like if because the the using a controller in in the war machine thing as of right now that's not so widespread like we still we're, we're still using equipment from the 90s um but I, I think that in the future, if we do continue to go that route, then there will be problems with like uh, uh, work-related PTSD and things like that, um, and fucking controllers. And then we'll have to find something else to treat people with instead of video games. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, they should make it Speak. like like how uh, in Game of Thrones they they made the. They made the uh, throne extremely uncomfortable, so like you know, heavy lies the crown kind of thing. They should make that with these game controllers. So like when you hit the trigger, it like stabs you or something. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the buttons when when they're pressed, you know, they have they have needles in them. So it's just like <laughs> they perpetually have Cheeto dust in them, so they're really hard to press. <laughs> <laughs> The so you're group- just reminded of those days when you were a kid and then your little brother used the controller when he after he ate and you're like, God damn it! The grips are, <laughs> are made of loose fiberglass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they replaced the no, joystick no, with the game. You get the Mad Cat ones. <laughs> you get a Mad they Yeah. Mad Cat, you get the Mad Cat ones one so like, like, they, they just don't work good. <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh my God! Can you imagine if one of these tanks starts suffering from Joy-Con drift? <laughs> okay. uh, this Green Beret badass, you know, piloted this tank using only a DDR pad. <laughs> oh my God! We've got new game. We've got new YouTube fodder. <laughs> yeah. Right.
Oh, God. watch this, this Guitar Hero expert destroys half of Iraq with oh, a Guitar God. Hero controller. <laughs> <laughs> That's He's so terrible. He's the fire and the flames! <laughs> wow, yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, of video games and science, uh, I, I'm trying something else. I'm trying something out myself. Because uh, you guys know, have known about that Oxford study with Tetris and PTSD and stuff, right? Mm-mm. Uh, so there was a study, uh, I want to say maybe like 10 years ago, that some Oxford nerds did where they wanted to see if, explore some methods on treating and preventing PTSD. And they found out that if you play Tetris or a game like Tetris, a puzzle game that's colorful and kind of activates that flow state in your brain, for if you play that for like 20 or 30 minutes, up to 24 hours after a traumatic event, like it will prevent, I should say it will reduce the amount of like nightmares and hmm. uh, mental trauma you experience because of that. Interesting. Uh, they, all, they also, um, uh, concluded that you can drastically reduce the level of stress that you experience by playing a game like that 30 minutes a day, three times a week. Uh, and so, I bought uh, Tetris Effect this week because it was on sale, and I was, I was re- I'm reading a book called Super Better right now that's on gaming and mental stuff. Um, but uh, I am going to be trying that over the next couple of weeks and see how that affects my performance. So Nice. There's a, there's Tetris Effect is really good, especially in VR. There's a yeah, lot. I, I, I am very excited about it. Sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of really interesting uh, studies where, where, where that come like like uh, looking at the psycho psycho psychological aspect of video games. I actually took a whole class about the psychology of video games in college, and there's a lot of research and interesting things that go into that uh, that space. It's it's really interesting to see the way our brains kind of interact with games. And again, all of it disproves violence, video games being connected. But uh, yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of other stuff like identity and, and the way you can like the a lot of that, like, like you said, like being able to kind of deal with trauma. Uh, there's a, been a lot of studies uh, about that. And it's, it's really interesting. Yeah, my, my aunt uh, actually has been doing some research in that field for a little bit. Um, She's the my cool scientist aunt that works for Facebook, I think. Hmm. And she was talking to me last time I saw her. She was like, "Like, yeah, we're you actually you might find this interesting. We're doing uh, I'm, I'm doing some research on on gaming." And I was like, "Oh, like, what are you talking about? Like, like, are we talking about like RPGs? Are we talking about like? Can you give me some more details?" And she's like, "Oh, mobile gaming." And I'm just like, <laughs> 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 "But I, I mean, there's there's merits there, I suppose." So. <laughs> Yeah, mobile well, gaming is is uh, becoming more and more of a uh, viable, you know, place. Uh, supposedly, uh, supposedly the new. So there was a leak on the new um, the next uh, handsets uh, from uh, uh, Samsung that supposedly mm-hmm. their. Uh, processors their internals are all going to be amd instead of these 
you know, Snapdragon processors or whatever, it's all going to be AMD who oh, you know, do video cards and, uh, you know, uh, have the fastest processor, fastest consumer, you know, processor on the market right now, especially with their like Threadripper series and shit like that. Like they're insane. Um, but uh, that would be, I mean, they'd be high power and graphically capable. That's not to say that they aren't already surprisingly graphically capable considering how small they are. But if yeah. you throw AMD technology into, you know, this, like, that could be really cool. And uh, we may see, I think, thing, uh, I think that peripherals like that, Razer Kishi and things like that, are going to make <laughs> mobile phones uh, a much better uh, option for handheld gaming as time goes on. But we'll see. Yeah, it was. It's it's kind of weird. I had I had a coworker, um, and he he quit not too long ago, but uh, he only played games on his phone. Like he, he was a kid, so he's like, I think he's like nineteen or twenty, and he's just like, yeah, I've only played games on my phone. I've never had a console, and it's just it just kind of blew my mind. Hmm. <laughs> like, wow. I mean, you didn't have like an older brother to give you some piece of shit, you know, <laughs> or, or a neighbor that. That was like, why son? My son keeps playing this so you can have it because I'm punishing him. Those are problems from the from the nineties and eighties that are Brooks. We yeah. Have, we've gone beyond that. <laughs> We're old now. I miss those problems. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how mobile gaming evolves as uh, cell phone handsets become more and more capable. You know, whether they're going to be marketed uh, more towards, you know, uh, what I guess we would usually refer to as legitimate gaming uh, or whether it's going to continue down this path of, you know, very specific types of games or, you know, uh, games modified in very specific ways functioning on, on handsets. And this becomes just a different branch of development that continues on, sees greater horsepower and sees better graphics, but continues on in the, its same sort of like crippled controls kind of way. Well, like they, it's, it feels like a lot of developers when they build a build a mobile game, they don't look at it like they're making a game. They look at look at it like they're making a profit. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say they look at it like they're making money. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. That's yeah. all it is. Like they, they completely lose perspective of like this is a this is supposed to be a game. It's like, no, we're going to create this system that is predatory and designed to make you want to go in and spend more money. So there are like, definitely plenty of examples of that, but um as was pointed out to me by Brent months ago when we were talking about that one game company. Um, who did um, Journey and Flower and Flow and stuff like that. They have a mobile game called Sky. I think it's called Sky. And it's gorgeous. It's it's exactly what you would expect from from those developers. Um, And, you know, uh, uh, I've got uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night on here because it was released uh, handheld native. I've got uh, Don't Starve on here, and they all play, you know, just as well as as their computer counterparts. Of course, they're fairly 
you know, low intensity, you know, kind of games, but, uh, and obviously Hearthstone, I've got Hearthstone on my phone and it plays just as well, if not better on my phone than on, on a computer. Um, but those are experiences that are tailored to the mobile platform. Uh, I'd be curious to see if mobile gaming gets identified, you know, to such a degree that it, uh, influences the evolution of the hardware as opposed to, uh, conforming to the limitations of the hardware would be interesting what game company does what game company does journey uh that game company what game company uh that game company company. what game company who's on first (laughs) (laughs) that game company (laughs) i actually had one of those moments in real life unintentionally completely I went to a restaurant and I ordered a, a a beer that was from that brewery. Oh yeah, that's awesome. They've got yeah, a great strawberry yeah, they're, blonde. They're fantastic. Yeah, that, that was like I got the strawberry blonde from that brewery, but I, at the time I had never heard of that brewery. And I'm like, hey, so uh, it, it, all it's, it was like one of those fancy companies where they didn't actually, or fancy restaurants where they just put like what the type of beer it is, not like what the beer is called. And it was like it was like a beer that does this and this and this. I'm like, oh cool. Uh, and it said it's from a local brewery. I'm like, what what brewery is it from? They're like, oh that brewery. And I'm like, which brewery? <laughs> that brewery. And I'm like, I just asked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it, it 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 went on for a lot longer than I would <laughs> feel comfortable admitting until I realized that that brewery is the name of a brewery. Anyway. Thou art a dullard. <laughs> Haven't we already established this? Yeah, I feel like they only recently kind of popped up over the past five years, or at least only recently started canning uh, over the past uh, yeah. five years or so. Uh, the first time I had it was at the Pizza Place uh, uh, a few doors down from the Nile uh, in downtown Mesa. Uh, and it was oh, yeah. really, really tasty. Uh, that, uh, their that strawberry was blonde was really nice. That's strawberry blonde. When they still did things called shows, right? Yes, it was indeed. (laughs) When you could attend a show in an unair conditioned basement of the Nile. And uh, yeah. They played with relics that looked like this. If they were wielded above their heads and. And you could attend a, a a place. It was called, I believe, it was called a, a restaurant where you ate with other people nearby. I do sure wish that the rest of the country wouldn't stop would stop fucking it up for the for everyone else. You say the rest of the country, like we, our country is, <laughs> like we're not fucking things up for everyone else too. <laughs> we are, no, no that's what we're the rest of this country of should oh, stop fucking I, it up. For the rest of us, the rest of us, and the rest of us too. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> on a on a serious and topical note, um, you guys heard about the Jared Kushner thing, right? Yeah, uh, where no? they held back on uh, forming uh, on doing anything about coronavirus because they saw that it was only impacting democratic states and they I, could push the blame off on the governors of those states. 
I do want to point out it was my vanity. It was a Vanity Fair investigative piece. So who? And it's going to be hard to truly corroborate if that's actually the case. But it sounds pretty damning, and even <laughs> most people seem to think that this is a bunch of not a bunch of bullshit in the way that like no, that's wrong. It's more more like everyone's like, wow, what a dick. Yeah. I'm I'm excited to come to our our season finale in November. See yeah, how that goes. Hopefully, it's not as bad as Game of Thrones. Surely, by this point, 2020s writers have got to be out of ideas. Maybe 2020s writers are about to be picked up for another show, so they're going to curtail season eight of uh, of America here pretty quickly. <laughs> 2020 feels like the culmination of the writers already being out of ideas because they're just trying to kill the series now. <laughs> There's no way they'd like this, right? Oh, fuck. No, by the end of the year, if they don't announce that we've all actually been dead the entire time and we're in purgatory right now, I will be vastly disappointed. Purgatory's got ghosts of Tsushima, so. (laughs) I don't know about you guys, but I live in Purgatory, so. (laughs) How long have you been staring at the wall, Dan, this past week? Is that that pretty much been the majority of your time? (laughs) Kind of, (laughs) yeah. I mean, my it's it's been difficult to do much of anything online because my internet is so fucking terrible. I wish I had a line graph of my Discord latency throughout the course of this podcast because <laughs> you started a conversation about Ninja Turtle action figures, and I heard literally nothing until it came back at like the end of the conversation about tanks. Oh I wow! Missed, I have missed so much. Yeah. I disconnected like three times from the call. Like it's. I did notice that. I want to scream. Wow. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Dan. I, that I sucks, can't even dude. participate in the podcast. <laughs> Dan, I'm about to start making you just come over here. Yeah, I was going to say, just just park in my driveway or something and leech my Wi-Fi. <sighs> He's closer to me, Ryan. Either He's way. That's why, that's why I've been dead <laughs> silent, like staring directly into the camera for most of the episode. <laughs> You oh, should just, I was like, you I just, just figured. Smiling. <laughs> no, Dan, I think you know what you need to do. No! <laughs> no! I thought we behind. When this inevitably happens again and I just can't be here, I'll probably have to do that. I'll just have to stare. <laughs> <laughs> um, no! Yeah, oh, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly I'm just not- thought that you were. I, I was like, oh, I, I, Dan's having a bad day. Yeah, I, I mean, it too. <laughs> yeah, but also like <laughs> it's being exacerbated by my terrible connection quality. That's fair. Um, so what? Uh, <laughs> What games has everyone been playing this week? Obviously, I imagine, uh, Brooks, you've been playing some uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Yep, I've been playing that in Tetris. That's it. How far in are you on Ghost of Tsushima? Uh, that's kind of hard for me to judge right now. I th- I know I'm definitely still in the first act, because like, I've been playing it... Uh, I haven't played it every day, but every time that I do play it, I play for a couple of hours, and... I just kind of pick missions and just run around and like explore because there's just so much there. So I'm many crafts. 
I'm living vicariously through everyone who already has it because it looks so beautiful and amazing. And I just mm-hmm. well, you're not allowed to talk about it. You buy it, Tyler. <laughs> I can't. I can't justify buying it because I'm already playing so many games right now. <laughs> and by so many games, I mean <laughs> Last of Us. <laughs> I'm so stuck. It's so good. They've added so many good things to it, and it's it's so fun. It's so fun. Well, your 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 little violent game is is cool, but can you compose haiku in it? <laughs> no, I can identify plants for money. Wow! So you're whoring out science instead of trying yeah. to save save your own country. No, okay? no. In this in this society, scientists get paid accordingly. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, we all live in a society, Tyler. Uh, hey Dan, how what uh, what uh, what have you been playing? Uh, so I, I actually have something pretty decent to say about uh, something in Final Fantasy fourteen. Did any of you guys ever play uh, Tactics? Yeah, Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar enough. How you get absolutely no closure at the end of the story, really, because like Ramza and his friends just go into purgatory to stop Ultima, pretty much. Um. The writer for that, uh, th- there's a whole raid series in uh, Final Fantasy XIV that completely gives you closure on the Final Fantasy Tactics story. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's fucking cool. Huh. It's, it's it's written by the same guy. Uh, there's a lot of people online who angrily dismiss it as non-canon because it's an MMO. It's not an actual sequel. But it literally, like, it gives you closure on the entire thing. Like, huh. literally the the whole story gets wrapped up and it's actually pretty satisfying like uh fuck it it's been out for years so i don't really give a shit if anyone gets spoiled um, <laughs> we're like, just gonna you, we're just gonna censor you for the rest of this by the you way can, you, want. <laughs> you literally <laughs> <laughs> In the last of the three raids you go back to Orbone Monastery and you uh like the boss fights are the like powered souls pretty much of like uh Mustadio, Agrius, uh Thunder God Sid, and then you literally you you put Ultima away forever. Like the High Seraph gone. Like and hmm. then you you set all their souls free forever and you get to this like touching reunion between all of them. That's fucking Final cool. Fantasy. Yeah. Final yeah, Fantasy yeah, fourteen like happens like hundreds or thousands of years after the events of tactics, like it's the same world. Um, and they even like, they imply a lot of weird stuff. Like one of the evil countries in final fantasy is direct descendants of like the people from tactics from the kingdom of evil So like, no shit. It was cool. Very cool. When I finally got through it, I was like, Oh shit. It's, it, you know, I only waited like 20 years for any of this. So <laughs> like, <laughs> It just, I, I'm glad because I, I loved it. It's, it. You get like some touching moments and the people who are online bitching about it, even though it's literally written by the guy who wrote the original tactic story and everything, like get over yourselves. It was no. good. No. <laughs> I want it to be exactly like it is in my fanfic. Nope. Um, so uh, have you seen the uh, new Warframe stuff coming out? Uh, I haven't because I haven't. I, I I go in waves. Sometimes I'll go like over a year without playing that game. But I've heard people bitching about it. That's for sure. Dan I don't know why. Have, Dan doesn't have internet. He hasn't seen things for quite a while. <laughs> um, I go to the internet store and, and store his jokes. 
I uh, uh, have just seen some uh, uh, news articles about the either new or upcoming uh, Warframe content that is supposed to be really gross. I mean, Warframe has already like had some pretty gross stuff. One of the factions is literally the infestation. Yeah, this is uh, uh, the heart of Demos. Uh, it, it, let's see. Warframe is getting a new Demos. update that takes players to an infested planet thick with rot and murder. There's also a giant mouth on your ship that has multiple animations to loudly munch and crunch on valuable materials and even entire Warframes. That's cool. We are, I mean, you already, at this point, like on the on the ship, if you've unlocked a certain Warframe... Uh, there's like a, an infested room where yeah. uh, there's like a chair you can sit in that it speaks to you and everything because the infestation is like a hive mind sort of thing. Um, and it stabs your warframes in the neck and gives you like a spreadable disease that you can harvest to turn your dogs into infested creatures. <laughs> so, yeah. Warframes already had a lot of gross stuff, so I'm, I'm cool with that. I like the infestation. Yeah, so apparently this uh, unlocks the second moon of Mars, so uh, uh, Demos, so you get a new open world zone. Um, and, but Demos has been, uh, nearly consumed by the infestation and the player needs to ensure that the heart of Demos does not stop beating. Hmm. There is no standard day or night on Demos. Instead, two giant worms are battling back and forth for dominance. One worm, a striking orange fellow, signifies that waves of infested will attack, but each day the blue worm will triumph and the planet will become a more peaceful place for a time. Striking orange fellow is a really weird way to describe. <laughs> yeah. He's I a very, like he's a real striking orange fellow. It's striking orange fellow and his blue chap friend. It sounds like it's. <laughs> On apparently, like they are. This new content is also aiming to make the new player experience less intimidating. That's been something years in the making for Warframe. It is one of the least beginner-friendly games out there. Uh, so, so that's why everyone's bitching about it. <laughs> I mean, but uh, all the people I hear bitching about it are people who've been playing since beta, so they don't have they don't have weak accounts. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Everyone's bitching about it because oh, they made it too much beginner for baby. No, that's not what they've been bitching about. I've just oh, been okay. hearing that they don't think the content's being handled very well, but. I don't know. Every, they, they do this every time, and then I pick it up and play it, and I go like, "Yeah, it's all right." You uh, you murder hundreds of thousands of things and farm resources. That's Warframe, <laughs> just like America. The yeah! next the next new Warframe is named Zaku, and they were designed by the community yes! from start to finish through a process set up by developer Digital Extremes. Zaku is a broken Warframe, and their design is a creepy mass of muscle looking metal and plasma ropes. Hell yeah. Does it does it only have one eye? <laughs> I knew you were gonna go Gundam. I knew it. I knew it. Yeah. Uh, I knew it. Yeah, not spelled <laughs> that way. Uh, so, the next two warframes are uh, after Zaku are the Alchemist, a massive mad scientist with detachable arms, and Wraith, a sleek re- Reaper character who was designed by a community artist two years ago. Now that the community artist in question works for Digital Extremes, this fan favorite concept is becoming a, uh, a Warframe in earnest. I like that. 
Yeah, I, their, their community engagement has always been great. There's a separate store uh, called Tenogen where everything you buy is like a skin that was designed by uh, some sort of fan, and they just bring it into the game and you can pay for it. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And a lot of the time, some of the skins that fans make are better than the skins that Digital Extremes makes. You so. don't say. Yeah. It's yeah. almost like sourcing sourcing from the community gives you more access to more creativity. Yeah, <laughs> that is correct. Go it's figure. the only reason it's it's the only reason why we got a good game in Sonic Mania, not because Sonic <laughs> Exactly. Did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tyler Chan the Hedgehog was a great choice uh to yeah. be <laughs> Tyler, what have you been playing? Uh well, <laughs> I played a, a lot of uh, of uh, No Man's Sky, and oh, I mean, I've I've not been getting this invested in a game in a very long time uh, that wasn't story driven. I, I love story driven games more than I like games where you just go around and do things because I am an English major and I like stories. But <laughs> I know I'm a nerd, super nerd. Push his big but, books uh, out of his hands. Yeah. been playing a shit ton of no man's sky and just really loving all of the new things like going to i mean it's not new really but the anomaly which i know was kind of included at the beginning but now they've built on it and like it's basically like this hub that you go to and you can kind of su- you can summon but like you go to for your main story missions and like you're trying to help them find Artemis and move on. But like they've made this like you can go there and you can do multiplayer missions and you can go there. And like when you go, when you land on this giant space space station called Anomaly, like there's all these other players that are also landing on this giant space station and you get to see all of their ships. And, and like there's all of these things you can do and, and like turn in missions and all of this stuff. And it's a lot of fun. And like interesting because you can see what lies beyond where you currently are at, and like oh my gosh, I'm I'm like finding ships that are just all over the place that I can just like, and I, now I've got a frigate, I've got a frigate which is awesome, and I, I can just like ah, send frigate. Got up, yeah, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That was a Tyler joke you just made there, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. Now I know how annoying I am. Jesus, don't you, give me that look, mirror. We're trying you better to, you we're, better prices right yourself right now, young man. But yeah. <laughs> but so I've been playing a lot of that. Better be some soap, mister. <laughs> uh, we also, need also, to schedule some time for, uh, yes. for some multiplayer in that. I'd be a hundred percent down because I want to play. I want to. I want. I want to play more and more and more because I'm just loving every second that I'm in this game. It's just also very relaxing, and it, it just like I think that's the thing that I love about it, where it's it's fun and there's a lot of things that you can focus on and just get into, and there's a lot of mystery to it. But at the same time, like I'm just going around and looking at things and and mining things and it's interesting and and just relaxing and I, it feels nice it feels nice <laughs> yeah. it's nice so yeah i played that and then i also bought um star wars racer on on the switch oh did you grab that yeah and it's a nice uh, nice uh return the it's nice just a remake of the original right yeah 1080p, 1080p remake and uh, uh 
It's it's uh it is exactly what I wanted, which it reminds me of my childhood. Nintendo. I don't think I ever played the original, so it's I don't know if time. it holds. You know, like that's what has prevented me from buying that is because I have no nostalgia for the original. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to hit. You know, in a satisfying way for me. You don't like Star Wars that much, so I probably would say no, don't get it. <laughs> uh, specifically the prequels, yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. But it's definitely, like, if you... It's a pod racing game. You're pod racing. But, a pod racing and track. that's the other thing, is I do love racing games, and especially, like, futuristic racing games, like Wipeout is one of my favorite racing series. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, I'm torn. Eventually, you know, maybe when... I get back to making money again, uh, that, uh, that will, uh, be something on my list to check out. But also the, the cool thing about pod racing games is you don't really have to give a shit about star Wars to enjoy pod racing. So sure. You know? I just, you know, uh, since I had never played it, I wondered how much of that, like nostalgia is rooted in fandom and nostalgia, you know, like, so there's those, elements kind of like why did you like it in the first place because you were a star wars fan or you know like that kind of thing and then it because you didn't know any better you enjoyed the game back when it first came out with probably shitty controls and glitches and here it is you know re-released years later like over a decade later what i liked about it it was a very flowy racer like it's it's you know you're you're hovering you're you're flying Mm -hmm. as you're racing um, you can customize your racer and you're like, you, you win money, you win credits and you're able to go and like, uh, upgrade your racer. So it's faster, has better acceleration. And, uh, and the tracks are interesting. The tracks are really interesting. They're fun tracks. Every track is very different. Like the first track is Tatooine, but then there's a track where you're going through this space mine that like at one point you go into the in, in like you're in zero gravity and like flying and trying to avoid like an asteroid field and all of this crazy shit and it's really hard like it, when you get later into the game it's a difficult fucking game that you're getting your ass kicked by hmm. i enjoyed it as a racer it has bad reviews and i mean i'm not the right person to ask if it's <laughs> just an nostalgia <laughs> feel or what but i played it for like four or five hours uh, over the weekend and I enjoy every bit of it. So fair enough. Pardon me. That originally came out on N64, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was also a dope ass arcade version. Yes. Yeah. I remember that actually had the fucking racer. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, uh, what Brooks asked, uh, did they add anything new to it? No, it's pretty much just a 1080p remake. That's all it is. Okay. So kind of like what they did with Turok and Turok 2 and shit like that. Yeah, it's it's all the same. I I like that they didn't try to add anything weird to it that didn't fit. You know, sometimes you just want a pod race. (laughs) And that's what it is. That's what it is. Fair enough. Um... So I, uh, in addition, you know, aside from playing Paper Mario and uh, Metroid Zero Mission, I uh, have been, well, I played a little bit of that new game, Grounded, uh, which is... Oh, yeah, yeah, 
a new Microsoft Studios. Uh, I think it's Microsoft Studios, uh, but it, it's at least from a, a studio that's owned by Microsoft. Uh, I didn't know what to expect. All the gameplay that I had seen was like, oh, it's honey, I shook the kids the video game. Yeah, no, it's so up my fucking alley because I love survival games like The Forest and shit like that. This is a survival game, except you're a tiny person. And so you have to like gather resources and craft, except everything around you is enormous. So it's it's seriously cool from what I played so far. And what's interesting is they start the game by saying um, this game de- uh, depicts uh, spiders that are much larger than you. If you suffer from arachnophobia, uh, we have a setting in the settings that you can adjust uh, to help make the game more bearable for you. So if you actually suffer from arachnophobia, they've got a meter and like the further that it gets, you know, to, to the other side, uh, spiders look less like spiders and sound less like spiders in the game. And more like clowns. Yeah, right. <laughs> the cl- it's the clown spider scale, so you have to... <laughs> Unintended <laughs> consequences if you put it right in the middle, it's scarier than either side. <laughs> yeah. Clown spiders are spider clowns. Yeah, that, that all on, on one degree of movement. If you put it in the exact center, they literally are still just spider models, but instead of making spider noises, they just have honking noses. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You open up a you open up a little VW bug and like a million spiders wearing little oh fucking god. clown noses come out. Oh god, <laughs> that's horrible. Yeah, another idea for a game right there. Bro. Oh. <laughs> On that note, I think we're gonna leave it there. Thank you everybody for watching and or listening. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Bluetooth.